in a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome to Chaotic Amateurs, the internet's number one D&D 5e play podcast. I'm your host and DM. Let the adventure begin. That squirt looks really refreshing. It's been sitting in my van all day. It's not too bad. Oh, (laughs) less refreshing than I thought. Yeah. And now the story of Scory. Scory Tailbrun, you have spent some time with this group, the Wolf Pack, and in this place foreign to you, the nation of Usama, uh, the city of Turlin, the Chateau de Magnus, and you found you found somewhat of a home here, um, a new crew, a new group group together, but something. I think has always pulled you either back or to somewhere new. And to, to begin this, uh, Roman Black, your old professor teacher from Viser, has asked you to accompany him back to Viser. He has found out what he's needed to about Usama and the changes that are happening with the wastes, with the nation of Usama and the wilds beyond the growing tension there. And he, Roman, wants to report back and see what the school has to offer. Interesting. I, you know, it's interesting the way that you're setting this up. I, I, as Scory, he's, he's, you're right. He's kind of made a home in Usama. Um, Oh, a stranger in a strange land. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never felt fully at ease though. Always looking over his shoulder and a little anxious. And I think if he's going back with Roman black, um, he trusts Roman. Um, but I think that anxiety intensifies a little bit. The, you know, the closer, closer we get to Viser. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm thinking is, uh, you were wanting to have a boat built, Mm -hmm. uh, this, you know, the Roman have asking you this, uh, to take him back, I think is happening a bit later on, um, since our last session that we had, uh, times move on a little bit, changes in Usama are happening, uh, tensions are a little high. And that might be kind of a part of why Roman wants to leave as well. Um, but we build you boat uh, has finished the ship and it is ready for its, its first voyage. Um, you take the road uh, east or west uh, past Turlin along the river, skirting the fairy woods uh, to a small port town. 
full of halflings and uh, uh, other folk. Um, there's a fog that's always rolling in here. Uh, the ground is always muddy and mucky. Um, but you arrive at the shipyard and your small boat is ready. What does it look like and what is its name? Oh, gosh. It's not the biggest boat. It's something that will allow you to travel and carry some goods. Okay. Um, Are we talking single deck or is there a below deck kind of a thing? I think there's a small below deck. Okay. Uh, So there's a small hold uh, that can carry cargo and uh, can, you know, sleep. Um, Probably a crew of about a dozen uh, on the ship. I like it. Okay. Naming the ship is probably more important to me than it should be. Oh, no, no. This is this is important stuff. You know, Scory set and sail on his own ship, you know, funded by the uh, the enterprise of Adrian um, and the uh, mercenary work of the Chateau uh, against some of the wild attacks that have happened. Mm. Um, Money is is plentiful. And and this ship has uh, is, is, you know, it's a good looking ship. Yeah, I think I assume it's a good looking ship. You got to yeah, tell me. Uh, it it definitely does. Um, I I think given the the woods used, it's got kind of a darker look to it than than maybe some other boats would. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost almost like it's it's oil soaked. You know, like uh, you know, like uh, train track ties. Like the sure, ties. sure, yeah. They they they've got this kind of dark oily look to them mm-hmm. um and i think it's it's maybe something either native to the woods that they used or some sort of treatment that the halflings use specifically to to waterproof or something yeah, i think i think out here in some of the mud flats uh they'll take old boats and just um you know bring them all into these these large flats and just cover them they'll break them down and cover them and after an amount of time it kind of cures them the water and then the woods uh that that feed into there yeah uh, kind of take on that clay whatever the natural sediment is in that in that Mm -hmm. muddy do you watch the curse of oak island no okay never mind um i think this boat henceforth shall be called the immunity the immunity, the immunity, a small ship, hardy, uh, good for getting from place to place and definitely good for getting there at night, mm-hmm. you know, cuts through the water, you know, silently and, and just does, does well in these kinds of shores. Um, the small channel that you and your crew used to uh, pirate. Uh, they had a you know a larger a larger uh, ship, but you're sailing in those same same kind of waters, same same difficulties, uh, and the ship was built for it. You hire a small crew, you know. Uh, I think at least one of the crew is one of the halflings that you fought in the <laughs> tournament. Uh, not of the course. whole, not all of them, but yeah. one of them, you know. Figure you'd be paying good money. Heard about the business? And he's yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take some of this money. Come on. Will you, will you remind me, uh, hopefully this isn't putting you on the spot and um, you remember better. The, who was the one that I encountered that wore a mask that obviously served on the Death's Bride? 
Uh, yeah, you had a conversation with them. I do not remember were, their name. I think they were Elvin or something, right? Um, they they wouldn't have been one of the halflings that. No, faced. no, they no, okay. they were part of their own kind of adventuring group. Okay. They were the you know the group that was most similar to you, because okay. um, were the halflings, the two elves, and then a group of mercenaries. Um, the sun shield, the sunflower shields, or something. That's right. Like that. Yep. 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 Um, Okay. If you recall, he uh, spoke to you a bit, but after the tournament, uh, something had happened. The um, Medusa that they had, mm. the Gorgon they had as the final fight, uh, escaped and had turned him to stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to send him to the Arcane Academy to, to be, you know, to be cured of this. <laughs> yeah. uh, Unpetrified unpetrified yeah um so yeah that's that's what became of that that fellow mm. Jeez. yeah okay. um so yeah they they at least you know they're they're not they're not joining this ship yeah um, <laughs> who knows what's going on with that guy uh, <laughs> you know it's it costs it costs some money to get the to get an un, unpetrified and well you know i don't know how much he had <laughs> um uh but you sail you take the ship out and you sail down south to the port of stone uh, it is in this small, the, the inner channel between Usama and the main continent. And as you sail south, you cross the mountains uh, and then you enter into what begins to be the west coast of the wastes. Mm. Really craggy, massive cliffs uh, along the uh, shoreline. And you kind of hug that knowing where to dip in and out of uh, little little shoals, little little islands to make sure you're not seen. I like um, this nimble boat. This yeah. is a good boat. Uh, you do you you clock a, a couple of of ships that you don't want to be seen by as you as you go down. Um, and because you have this nimble boat, you you're able to uh, circumvent you know their sight. A few close encounters, but being able to you know magically see. Uh, helps you in this endeavor. The captain being a seer is something of a uh, oddity among <laughs> ships. It's novel for sure. I yeah. and, and I feel like um, I part of me wishes the gang was here to see this because this is where my life has been. This is what my skills are honed for. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, if somebody's watching this movie of Scory, on the seas you see him uh creating winds and moving water and creating fogs and to hide the boat and all these skills that he learned in Viserys and that roman black helped coach him on mm-hmm. they're they're coming out he kind of regrets that he never got the chance to to show show off his skills because obviously swinging machete was not one of his fortes however being on the seas Mm-hmm. Is where where it's at for for Scory. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you know Scory's wrapping up some rope, tying some knots, uh, and then using that machete to kind of cut the rope when yeah. needed. Um, this tool that was you know used in in battle uh, is again used for its intended purposes yeah. as a tool. As you head down the coast, one of the one of the days you head to the shore just to gather some things. That Roman might need some some supplies that or not supplies, but some some ingredients that he foresees in the future that he may need. Mm. Uh, and you 
bring it into a little a little cove this uh ship the immunity and spend the night there roman gathering things uh you helping him making sure the crew knows what they knows what they need to be doing they stay close to uh the boat and close to camp um just in case anything you know needs to happen they need to get get out quickly they they've got everything ready mm. as you're out exploring the edge of the wastes uh this place that last you were here was rock and desert and dry and hot you are noticing in the distance flocks of birds in these kind of large moving you know groups that you didn't see before you know the, there was little animal life in the wastes but something's returning now you're seeing these uh flocks go by and you kind of get lost in them as you're as you're looking out you know gathering uh some some shells and mussels and things like that that's exciting the healing rains yeah yeah something something is changing out here because i i Um, wanted i wanted to try to start the regrowth of that forest but didn't have any way to do it so mm -hmm. to see that that the gods have brought it about themselves as you're picking through and uh grabbing some of these uh supplies you happen across a small crab it doesn't have a knife does it uh it doesn't have a knife no (laughs) but it does look at you like like it knows who you are it's it's surprised by by seeing you um and you see it just kind of like clack excitedly uh and you're not sure why um you spend a moment you you imbue your spell you, you imbue yourself with a bit of of magic and are able to converse with the crab mm. and the crab just kind of looks up at you and says people 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 are here <laughs> what's going on are you here too what do you what do you need are you are you here for something i've taken it's, it's i've been jumping around a lot um are you on your way somewhere it seems that I always am. You're not wrong, little crab. Ah, yes, the winds take us places. I was, what was I? A bird not long ago. Now a crab. So interesting, being these different things. How did you achieve that? You just jump from one place to another, one animal or rock. Like that rock over there. And you see the crab kind of like go limp for a second and then skitter off. And then this group of rocks kind of like forms a humanoid shape and just kind of picks itself up. And then you hear, see, I can be a rock. It's <laughs> that it is, is a, a strange thing. That is a good trick. What What is your name? Can Should I call you Rocky or? Yeah, that works. Rabbi? I don't know about names, really. But do you remember your original form? Like how far back can you remember? What were you originally? Oh, I was, I was quiet for a long time. Really quiet. I remember we used to do this a lot. We would help people out. You keep saying we. Well, yeah, there's more, more of us, you know, we're, we're just, 
we are this place. Hmm. You can know? I do can I do some sort of like inside or nature check or something to figure out if I know what this shapeshifter is? Um I, I don't want to do checks with these. So okay. so yeah, you, you spend some time with this little rock elemental mm-hmm. and and you get the sense that it's not the physical thing that you're talking to. Mm. It's the spirit inside. And you've had some dealings with spirits and you've mm-hmm. talked to them. And this is a little spirit that can inhabit things. Interesting. Is is from the conversation. That's what you kind of glean from it. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, you know, we we just help if we can and uh well it's just strange doing this all over again. All over again. Gosh. You say so many peculiar things. Uh my name is Scory, by the way. I <sighs> I uh have done some 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 shifting of forms myself in the past and um uh, I, I actually I'm on a mission right now. I'm gathering some stuff for, for a professor of mine. Do do you want to help? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I've 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 got a list somewhere. And you uh you spend your gathering time with this thing, this this spirit as it inhabits different things, um and helps you gather the supplies you need. Uh, towards the end of the day, as you're you're collecting all these things, bring them together, uh, the spirit seems kind of sluggish and tired, um, mm. and and you know just kind of rests at the camp for a bit. The little rock pile that it was just kind of rests there, and seems to be you know after it's it's after it's helped, it's needs needs to take a little bit of a break. Okay. Uh, thank you. S- so much rocky for helping me out you probably saved me about half a day's work um do, do you feel like seeing more of the world oh that's the plan uh, i'm gonna would roll you, on to the next area love it would you care to join me i'm i'm gonna be heading down down shore uh wherever Viser is um possibly i i need to head back i've got a I've got to uh, regenerate a bit. Um, inhabiting these things does take a bit out of you. Mm. Uh, Can I see you in your natural state? <laughs> I'm trying to say it and not sound like a perv. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you see Rocky kind of, you know, the, the rocks go limp, uh, fall to the ground. And you see kind of evaporating off of it is this bluish mist that forms like a blob Hmm. and then kind of like a tail that comes down. Just, you know, a little bit of translucent energy with no facial features and it just kind of bobs around you. And as it kind of gets closer, it precipitates into your bag, the bag that you carry with you. Oh. And kind of you you open the uh little flap of it and and kind of look in to see what's going on. And one of the items you had taken with you is a little bit of that silvery substance. Uh oh. The aether. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of forms around it. Okay. Rocky, that's 
some that can be some dangerous stuff uh what are you doing uh it it seems rocky is is asleep at this moment and as you bed down as you head back to shore or head back to to sailing on the on the seas you realize that this spirit has some sort of connection to the aether interesting okay and as it rests for the night around that little flask it consumes some of it and is then able to help you again mm-hmm. it just seems to want to help um not too much not mm-hmm. doing things wildly difficult but a little helpful spirit yeah wow as you as you go about your your uh uh path south well rocky i'm glad you're sticking around uh as you head south you get to the port of stone this massive stone cliff with a small town at its base almost bolted to the cliff uh all of the the shops and buildings take up this meager amount of land that sometimes is gone with high tide Uh, most of it is built out of these uh dockings um a lot of people don't have homes but just live on their their ships that are uh permanently moored to the uh to the dock uh here you are going to dock the ship and and travel to Viser. this is a the closest or the the easiest route at least is from the port of stone to get to Viser. okay what's the first thing that scory does when when he comes into town first scory would check in with the rest of his crew and see if there's anything that they need before he goes off on his own. Yeah. You, you make sure that uh, they know what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Um, there's not so much laws in the Port of stone as suggestions to not do things. <laughs> Some um, unspoken codes of conduct. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's the unspoken codes and then the unspoken, unspoken codes. Uh, there's the spoken codes, which you never do, and then the relationships between all of these different uh, people are are unique. Um, you know, you know who to talk to and who's going to be easiest for basically outsiders uh, to dock with. Mm-hmm. Um, you make sure that the crew keeps an eye out, keeps a guard up, because you know people will thieve the ship if they uh, are left alone. Yeah, and I, I would instruct them to keep an eye out for anybody with a mask that looks similar to mine, not necessarily the same, you know, animal-esque shape and, sure, and sure. details, but anything that looks like it's a similar a similar type or a similar style. And keep an eye out, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And basically keep keep your distance from them if at all possible and be very inconspicuous. Sure. As much sure. as possible. And then yeah. I, following that that advice myself, I would try to make my way to some sort of tavern, um, not one that seems to be bustling in the most popular, but maybe one on the outskirts towards the edge of the dock. Where easy, the, easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You head, head to a small tavern to grab a drink with Roman, um, check in on the local gossip, see what's going on. You spend, you know, a good night uh finding out what's what's happening with with the folk here uh seems a lot of interest has been been uh made of the port of stone as the changes in the wastes uh take place 
um, outsiders, adventurers are coming in and bringing in lots of money. So people are fairly excited. I'm sure I would have something to say about that talking with Roman and anybody at the bar that would listen about yeah. how this town has changed. And you should have seen it when I was <laughs> around back in the day. It was nothing like this. That wasn't there. That wasn't there. That's right. This you used know. to be all algal yeah. flats. Yeah. <laughs> I could park anywhere without a problem. That's right. You know? uh, as the night, you know, kind of wanes on and, and uh, you're heading, heading back towards the ship, uh, you know, a big moon up in the sky kind of lights the way. And your entrance to the city did not go unnoticed. Oh, great. Um, as you're heading down to the dock, you and Roman are both grabbed by cloaked figures. The classic people that grab people is cloaked <laughs> yeah. figures. You know? I don't think I've ever been grabbed by uncloaked people. Right, right. You have a cloak on, you're going to do some grabbing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you... Uh, you have your bag, the bag put over your head. You don't know where you're going. You try and get a sense of it as you you struggle or Roman struggles. You know, a blow comes down um, until you are met in a large, dark wooden room with a fair few people kind of kind of behind you and sitting in front of you on three stools is masked the captain of the death's bride who no 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 uh i should mention that i probably knowing knowing where i am i probably would have put my mask in my bag and not Mm -hmm. had it at the ready because i don't i would keep it with me but i would not be wearing it right absolutely yeah so apparently that didn't matter that's kind of head up um uh the two other figures you know one of them is one of the uh, more profitable merchants. And another one is this uh, older gal, one of the um, small orphanages on the, uh, in the Port of Stone has a leader uh, that has a lot of weight in mm-hmm. town. And you're brought before this uh, trifecta. Not to get too dark, but that's probably who would have trafficked Scory in the beginning that got him shipped off to Viser to the boarding yeah, absolutely. school. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the old, old gal, you know, has got a special, special place in, in her heart for you. Um, I bet. the captain of the death's bride mask on is this just Cthulian kind of thing. You have an octopus mask, but this has, odd shapes to it tentacles coming off at wild angles uh looks to be like a brass uh mask that's been patinaed uh they get up and speak to the other two first and say this trial is for my ex crewman scory they were never meant to return to the port of stone but now riches have come and they seek profit from us after putting in no work. I've brought you this traitor and I wish for you to decide their fate. And the other two kind of nod and then ask them to sit down. The merchant looks at you 
some dark elf with kind of an odd scarring on their face, fine clothes, says, What do you have to say for yourself, Mr. Scorytail Brune? I knew you slightly, and I know more of the stories of your departure after the good captain has made me aware. Why have you come back? What fortunes have you brought to the port? And what do you plan on doing? Well, I can tell you that I'm just passing through, but I know that's not going to matter to you. Pointing to the Black Widow, the captain of the Death Bride. That one over there just wants me dead. And I know there's nothing I can do to convince her otherwise. But in my defense, I am just passing through. I'm heading back to to Viser. And about riches, I don't have anything to offer. But I do have an argument to make. The, the riches that you now experience in the Port of Stone and the, the flourishing lands that were called the Wastes, that is because of me and a small group of my friends. We are the ones to thank for your fortune now. If I may, I can, I can prove that I was there, that I was a part of this. And slowly, uh, are his hands bound? Scories, uh, no, but there's uh, no, your hands aren't bad. Okay. And he slowly reaches into his bag, moves aside his mask, says, sorry, Rocky, I'm, I need this real quick. And he reaches for the, the water skin then, or what, the container that has that silver liquid. Sure. Yeah. And, and pulls Even it out. It, you, as you, as you pull that out, there's some hushed murmurs as it's shown in this courtroom of sorts. Yeah. This, this was taken from the Tower of Chaos, the, the tower that was rumored to have never been visited before and returned from. I went there with the wolf pack. We freed, we liberated that tower, and we restored the wastes. Uh, Scory pours a little bit of the liquid into his hand to kind of hold it up and show to anyone who's nearby, wants mm-hmm. to inspect it, caps it back up with the other hand puts it back in his bag and is just going to sip a little bit of it, whatever he's got in the palm of his hand. Gotcha. Um, yeah. As you, as you kind of pour it out and show it to people, they are interested. The merchant, you know, his eyes uh, glitter a bit, uh, something new to sell. They look at it intrigued. You, you sip a little. And as you do that kind of odd silvery, veil goes over your eyes and you're able to see a little more beyond this plane and you see the odd spirits in the kind of rafters of this place looking down (laughs) uh snakes and octopuses and chunks of ship all in (laughs) spectral form uh looking you know as as jurors in this courtroom yeah and as as i'm looking around and seeing this scory gets a a weird grin on his face and obviously people are looking at where he's looking and don't see anything and and scory kind of gives a a laugh (laughs) because he knows he knows they can't see this sure the trial that you're under goes on for a bit the 
merchant uh, questions you about these 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 claims that you've made, intrigued by what you may offer to them uh, as far as being able to procure more coin, the captain of the Death's Bride, your claims, they they denounce. They say that you're making up these stories, that it's not something you could never have done. Um, the older woman doesn't have much to say during this and is just watching you. You see her eyes kind of, you know, flip back and forth like she's watching something else. But at the end of the trial, they all have to come to an agreement on what will happen with you. After telling your story, after hearing what these three have to say, the captain of the death's bride sentences death. The merchant sentences servitude to them. And the older woman sentences the trial of stone is the only thing befitting someone of these crimes. Let the peaks decide. The crowd excited about this. The captain not. And the merchant as well. But when death and servitude are weighed, the only thing that can decide what will uh, be your fate will be the trial of stone. You spend the night in a dirty cell. Roman is there with you. They say that they're going to release him um, the following day. He has nothing, you know, to do with, with your trial. And the next day you are marched up the cliffs to the very top of the port of stone. So the port is at the base where the ocean is and the top of this massive cliff, 100, 200 feet up is a dredge to get to. It is narrow passageways, you know, uh, as you're, as you're taken up there, you get to the top and I don't think you've ever been up here, but you've heard stories of it and it's an old ruined castle full of statues from all over the lands. It's probably a sailing landmark that we use to navigate. Like we can see it from. Yes, absolutely. You you know, as I'm familiar with it, but I've never, but never, never set up, set foot here. Um, Because the trial of stone is something meant to decide your fate. You go in, you, you go up to the top of the peak, you go into the castle and if you return, you're free to do what you wish, but most never return. Nope. You're, you're at the peak of this. The two guards that have led you up here uh, undo the shackles that they had to keep you uh, restrained, and then they head down about 20 feet and take up guard there. <laughs> to watch the show. To watch the show. Yeah. So yeah, did, were you? Did you want to do something? What's the environment like? Are there trees? Is it only rocks? Yeah, up here, uh, there's a lot of tall, old pine trees. The stone going to this old ruined castle is cobbled, and not much grows there except for 
some small grasses, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of encircled by this large forest that's on top of the uh, uh, cliffs. Okay. Um, I would approach one of the trees and look for a. Do I have any weapons or? You you you've got or... your your inventory with you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I would pull out my machete and take down one of the branches off of uh, the tree. Uh, one that looks like it's thick enough that I could cut off some pieces and just have some makeshift runes made. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like carved carved into them, you know. Yeah, like you can you can spend the time and you've got the tools to do so to make yeah. these kind of carvings, um, imbue them with a bit of magic. And as as I'm doing that, I I'd be contemplating and thinking, okay, family in the great beyond. I need your help more than ever guide this casting and protect me as I go through the uh, stone trial. And then I would just finish up with the ritual that I would do normally in the morning mm-hmm. um, and just focus my attention on uh, clearing my mind and listening to whatever the elders might have to say to me, sharing any wisdom. And you, you sit down, you do the, ritual that you you've done so many times with these these carved bits of wood uh that you've you've made you sit you listen to the wind through the trees you hear the ocean down below crashing against the shore you hear a melody on the wind a small song a bit melancholy but inviting Hmm. And as you kind of open your eyes to see the runes that you, you've pulled, they represent change, but not good or bad. Mm. It's a neutral reading for this day. Okay. And as you kind of look around, you get the sense that this melody in your head is, is pulling you towards the ruined castle. Well, it's, Seems like this is my fate. It does seem that way. The people down below and the people above me all seem to want me to come here. So I'm being drawn in and I, leaving the runes scattered on the ground, walk myself into the ruined castle. All right. Uh, as you head on in, you enter into the courtyard first that surrounds the main castle. Most of its walls are broken, but the stronger supports are still up inside you start to see the things you've been told were up here these statues of people from all over uh caught in poses of valor and glory uh attacking or or defending there's a wizard that looks like they're casting some sort of spell there's a druid that looks like they're midway through the transformation process trying to become a dire wolf and you pass by each of these as you get deeper and deeper in and that melody grows a little a little louder as you do you enter into the main castle you open the big large wooden door that still sits there and as you do that melody is clear and you see at the other end of this opening, this large, long hallway, this uh, entry chamber for some old forgotten king. Hmm. There's crashed bits of rock that are in here. 
and you see three figures uh, by where there would be a throne singing. And you can just see just these this kind of odd green spectral melody. The sound just emanates off of this place and from their voices. And they're calling to you as you come closer. I've heard tales, but I never believed it to be true. Um, as you get to about midway into this uh, chamber, the melody softens and stops. And you can see three gorgons snake bodies snake hair that are singing these melodies and looking at you my face immediately falls to the floor goes to the ground just my gaze not you know i try to back away i don't know if i can it's tough to do so that that melody has brought you closer and closer in here it's think, inviting you to something. And so it's you, you take a few steps back, but it's difficult to do so. As you do, you hear a voice from above you. Crashed into part of the stonework above is this balcony almost. And you see a much larger Gorgon laying mm-hmm. in a pose, kind of an arm to the side on their chin, looking down at you saying... Don't leave us just yet. You've come here for a reason, Scory. I'm sure of it. We've all seen it. Your travels took you a fair few places. Seems you met one of my daughters, even. Fought with her, and I don't know how much I appreciate that. She says that you were kind, though. So... Let us talk. And uh, she kind of comes out and you see this massive golden snake woman with snakes for hair that just cascade down behind her. And she says, I have always protected the port of stone and the people below, so they're free to do as they wish. What do you feel about them? As somebody who hasn't always been free, what falls heavy on my heart is that all people are free. And while I may not agree with some of their lifestyles, uh, even though I, for a time, took part, I don't think anything should happen to them unless the gods or the ancestors will it. Unless fate wills it. That is what the gods really are, aren't they? Mm. A bunch of powerful beings shackled to fate. You and I share something. We can see that fate just a little bit. We can see what's ahead and guide our ships through it. You've guided ships before I guide the port. And the forecast is looking uncertain. Partly because of you (laughs) and your troubles in the wastes. Scory smiles. (laughs) Still looking at the floor. (laughs) 
So I wonder if you would want to aid me, since you have caused such troubles. My daughters and I can see some, but we'd like to see more. We can help push fate a little bit into something we want to see. And what we want to see is for the port to remain safe for those who come here. That's why you've been brought here. The fates have been kind to you. The captain did not take your head, and the merchant did not take your coin. If you say no, you're free to leave. But if you say yes to joining us, then we will see what's in the future. We'll make sure that this harbor remains safe. You know, it's a really generous offer. But somehow I feel as if I'm trading one form of servitude for another. You speak of the gods and the powers that be being shackled by fate, but I feel that fate can still be influenced. And, and I think you're wanting to manipulate that. I want no part of that. I will not place a stone in the stream of fate to guide it in one direction or another. I want fate to do as it wishes. And, and if we can catch a glimpse of it, great. But I, I feel that it's up to the people on the ground to make decisions for themselves and not be influenced. And that goes for the natural world as well. I know that you still intend to hold sway over this area, but I don't want any part of that. And I don't want to have your sway be any larger than it already is. Hmm. So I'm going to have to say no. As I said, then you are free, Scorytail Brun. At least for now, fate will always be pushing you, guiding you towards something. If you wish to see what others see, what me and my daughters see, you're always free to come back. Because I do not know what is happening. And I only hope that I can save the people down there. So, venture off into this world and try to shape fate to what you want it to be. And I will do the same. He slowly, thoughtfully, turns is the song still going in the background the song is ended okay i'm gonna try to walk out but i'm gonna be humming that tune as i walk out it's now stuck in my head if if i'm able to walk out i'm going to do that humming the tune and once i'm out of out of that chamber that particular throne room um i want to take note of the statues again on my way out and kind of internally pay respects to the people uh, that those likely once were. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you head out. You spend a moment with some of these statues, trying to figure out what moment they got caught in. It's hard to tell. They're still petrified. Maybe they were here trying to do good. Maybe they were here trying to do bad, but there's no way to tell now. And Scory is left to do what he wishes. He's not bound to anyone. As far as the Port of Stone is concerned, you're free. You've come to the Trial of Stone and you've left. You've got your ship and you've got your destination to Viser if you wish to take it. I don't think we'll ever know what happens with Scory because it'll always depend on what story is right in front of him. And I think that's where we'll leave Scory's story. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.